But think about it. At that age, that's exactly how you were. In Deuteronomy 6, verse 4, Moses says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord your God is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your might. And these words I command you today shall be on your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children, and shall talk of them when you sit down, shall bind them as a sign on your hand, and be on the frontlets between your eyes. You shall write them on the doorposts of your house and your gates. Now back in that first part, Moses said, Hear, O Israel. He didn't just say, parents, hey, parents, come on, this is what you have to do. We have to be a circle around the parents to help them with raising their children. We are called, all called to make a, future, a difference in our future generations, to pass on our faith. In a book called Playing for Keeps, Reggie Joyner shares that you can, can't make a kid love God, have faith, or care about what matters, but you can give them some things over time. So hang in there with us as Aaron and I kind of break it down a little bit today um, and talk about how you can have an impact on giving time and love to those in your circle. But don't stress out. We don't want to add more to your to-do list or what you're already doing. We just want to talk about making what you're already doing to have an impact. A lot happens in a week. I want you to think back about your week and all the things that you've done. This past week, I've laughed, I've cried, I've fussed, I've praised, been to at least four meetings, helped a son finish a project at the last minute, cooked five dinners, or at least helped with five dinners, um, done about 10 loads of laundry, worked, walked the dog, prayed with my boys, enjoyed a double date with my son and his girlfriend and my husband, um, took my mom to the grocery store, been at least three times myself because I can't get the list all together at once. Um, and that's just the tip of the iceberg. And you guys are all in the same boat. Most of the time, we see these tasks as ordinary, mundane, and unremarkable. But what we want to share with you today is there's a rhythm in those tasks. The gift of time is better than you could ever imagine. What you did last week, what you'll do this week, and next week matter and will make a difference. Because over time, you can have an impact on the heart of a child. You'll leave a legacy, play for keeps, so it's time to get serious about your time. Have you ever stopped to think that God established time as a platform to communicate something so complex that it needed to be presented strategically over time? Why didn't God send Jesus as soon as Adam and Eve sinned in that garden? He could have resolved the issue right then and there, but he decided to wait. He used time. He gave Abraham a son. He let Joseph sit in jail. He sent Moses to deliver a nation. And then he let that nation wander in the desert for decades. Have you ever thought about why? If God decided that I can help, it was as if God decided he could help us understand something with time that we could never understand in a moment. In today's society, we're so used to getting things right this moment. We can go through a drive through We've got the microwave. We get things quickly. But when it comes to character and faith, that doesn't happen in a moment, a day, 
or even a week. Now, it would be nice, and I know most of your parents would agree, if you could tell your child one time and they'd be truthful, respectful, and obedient, but it doesn't work that way. It takes time, and it takes lots of time. When you learn to play an instrument, develop a vaccine, grow a duck dynasty beard, or even raise a child, it does take time. And I encourage you to resist the temptation to take shortcuts. Rome was not built in a day. It's more like 365,000 days. And that's why it's important for you to spend time with your kids over time in those mundane tasks, in those ordinary tasks. To your kids, what happens each week may be just carting them to the ball games, taking them to dance class, building a Lego tower, helping them with homework or going to the latest movie. What's really going on is you're forming history. It may feel like what you're doing doesn't matter, but I promise you it does. And whether it's your kids, your grandkids, the kids here at church that you work with or serve with, the kids on a team you may coach, you are investing in them. If our Heavenly Father uses time to clarify and solidify certain values in our hearts over time, then maybe what's the best way to cultivate what matters in the hearts of our children and the children we serve as well. The most significant gift we can give our future generations are what we give them over time. What makes you, what you do this week and next week again will make a matter, will matter. As parents and leaders, it's important to realize that there are certain things that can only be communicated, understood, and discovered over time. So what you're doing this, what you did this week and last week, it matters. So keep on doing it. Remember, we don't experience worth because we were loved one time but because we were loved over time. The families that are participating in infant dedication today um, are gonna get a bucket of marbles um, to help them visualize time with their child until they graduate. In the buckets, there's a name on each one. Um, there is, you can for me, there's my banana. There is, whether it's a marble or a decorative stone, <laughs> there is one stone for each week that their child has left until their child graduates. And what you'll do is each week you'll take out, yes, I'm giving parents with little kids marbles, I'm, there's tops, um, but they'll take out a marble or decorative stone each week. We don't want this to make get them anxious, nervous, or depressed, but we just want them to realize this is how much time I have left with my child so that they can make that difference and focus on relationships. Now, parents, if you want to do something like this, but you're not participating in infant dedication, there's an app. It's called the Legacy app. I've got it for my boys. With Jacob, I have 57 weeks till graduation, and that's celebrating and crying and all kinds of stuff. But I also have 3,426,636.59.58 seconds. So it counts it down for you. And then with Justin, my younger one, I have 206 weeks, so I got a little bit longer there. But it's called the Legacy app, so if you want to count down yourself, it's there. We started off with the Trace Atkins song, Just Fishing. Throwing back, back by the riverside, 
killing time. It's a big one. It's a big memory. So again, it's all about spending time with your kids in the mundane, ordinary tasks that will make a difference, that will make a history. Now, Aaron, um, as Reggie Joyner said, you can't make a kid love God, have faith, or care about what matters most. But one thing you can give them is time. Now, Aaron's going to talk about love. Love. I, I was thinking as you were talking, if I had that app on my phone, I'd be checking that thing every day. Like, I've got 206 weeks left. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I wouldn't be. I'd be, like, I'd be counting down to seconds, right? And then you, don't, don't, you guys would do the same thing. You know you would. Okay. So, so love. Um, one of my favorite iconic singers growing up in the 80s, and you guys, if you grew up in that era, which most of us did in this room, you know, uh, how many of you know Tina Turner? Right, Tina Turner, right? And she had, the, I love Tina Turner, that iconic hair, man, and that, I mean, she was, uh, she was just awesome. I love Tina Turner, and she had that hit song in, in 1993. Anybody know what it was? What's love got to do, got to do, oh, uh, sorry. <laughs> Garth is telling me to cut it off there, okay? I used to, I love that song, what's love, what's love got to do with it? Well, love. Love has everything to do with it, especially in the life of, of our kids, right? Uh, now, love is actually God's idea. The Bible says in 1 John chapter 4, verse 8, it says, But anyone who does not love does not know God, for God is love. God is love. It's one of his attributes. It's one of his characteristics. It's, it's, it's his nature. It's who he is. But how do we define love today? The American uh, Heritage Dictionary, I looked this up in the dictionary, and this is, this is how it defines love. It says, love is an intense affection for another person based on familial or personal ties. So we love other people, or we say we love other people when we are attracted to them, and then when they make us feel good. Now, I want you to notice that the phrase that the dictionary uses is that it says, based on. Love is based on this. This phrase implies that love is conditional. Right? So if you do this for me, or if you do that for me, then I'm going to love you. Right? As long as you are uh, meeting in my expectations and fulfilling my needs, then, then I will love you. How many times have you heard people say, well, I love you because you are cute, or I love you because you take good care of me, or I, I love you because whatever? Our love is not only conditional, but our love is also change, changeable. Right? Our love changes like the wind. That's, that's why another hit song, uh, you guys remember, um, You Lost... That love and feet. Where you at, Garth? <laughs> whoa, whoa. How many of you, I love that movie, you guys saw, ever seen Top Gun? That classic scene with Maverick and Goose singing to, is it Kelly McGillis? Is that who that is? Right, and they get down on one knee. All right, are you guys with me? You guys, okay, okay, all right. Right, but see, our, but see our, our feelings and our emotions are a lot like that song, right? It's very conditional, it's very changeable, it's very, uh, you know, just one, one moment to the next. You guys didn't know I could sing, did you? I can't sing. <laughs> and in fact, the thing that probably, the, the, in fact, the thing that's probably most frowned upon in our culture is when it comes to uh, someone who loves by the will. And, and, and that's what the Hebrews called, uh, love is called Hava. Hava. Can you guys say that with me? Hava. Hava. It's A-H-A-V-A. Hava. Hava. And it's a kind of love, it's a love of the will. It says that I'm not going anywhere. 
And that's not romanticized kind of love, okay? That's not like, that's not rose petals and, and violin and candles being lit and, oh, honey, I'm not going anywhere kind of love, right? That's not, that's not what that is. That's, some, that's, that, that, that's something's on fire over here, a knife being flung by my head. There's chaos everywhere, and I'm not going anywhere. That's a hava kind of love. Hava says that I've seen the ugly side of you, and I'm still, I'm staying. It's ugly, but I love you. Now, the amazing thing about God is that in John 3, 16, it says, For God so loved the world. That little word in that, in that, in that, in that verse, so, if you, if you write in your Bible or if you highlight, circle that word, for God so loved the world. So, it's a huge word. There's volume to God's love. There's a volume that's mag, mag, just huge. It wasn't a little bit of love, but he, he so loved the world. Now, the world is not the planet Earth, but the, the, the world is the, the inhabitants on planet Earth. It's people. It's you and me. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son. Now, what you have here is the love of God initiating towards us. For God so loved the world that he moves towards us on earth. And here's why that is important. Because there are people this morning who are struggling with addictions. There are people here this morning that are struggling with depression. There are people here that are just struggling with, uh, man, just all kinds of sins all kinds of struggles. There are people this morning that, man, you got ready for church. You were fighting with your, your spouse. You were uh, slinging the kids in the car, like, come on, man, let's get going, you know. And then you come to church and you slap on a happy face, and you're like, everything's well with the world, right? I mean, and we have those issues. We have all this stuff going on. And in the middle of that, in the middle of all of our junk, in the middle of all of our mess, in the middle of everything that we struggle with, that's when God initiated his love towards us. That God leans in towards us. He didn't, he didn't lean away from us, but he leaned towards us. He initiates his love for God so loved the world that he gave his only son. Because we have sin in our life. We have rebelled against God. We have fallen short of God's holiness and his righteousness. And so in the middle of that, God leans in. and His love is initiating. He comes towards us in the middle of all of our junk. He sends Christ to be the righteousness that we could not be. The righteousness that we need. Because our righteousness, even at our best, is still like filthy rags is what Isaiah says. It's just we fall way short. We'll never be good enough to save ourselves. That's why God in his great love and with which he loves us, he leaned in. He pursues us. He rescues us. And in the very next verse, John three seventeen, it says, The Son of Man did not come into the world to condemn the world, but rather to save the world. Jesus came not to, not to condemn us, but to save us, to rescue us. That's why the gospel is such good news. And so the point is, is that God's love is unconditional. And if, God, if love is God's idea, and every person is created in the image of God, then every person you meet has been created to need love. And I think every single one of us would agree on that point. Right? It's, it's, it's interesting how because we're sinful people, how, how we still have a tendency to, to go through life acting as if uh, love is not what matters most. Somehow we get so busy trying to, to matter ourselves, we, we get so busy in trying to, to do our own thing, you know, it's all about me, it's all about what I want, you know, selfishness and uh, all those things that kind of come creep back in, pride, whatever, 
uh, that we actually forget what matters. Or, or should I say forget who matters. It's kind of like the Pharisees in Jesus' day, man. The Pharisees were this religious group of people who, man, they knew the word of God frontwards and backwards. They knew every little detail of it. They knew, they, they, they were the ones that were at church every Sunday morning. They were in Sunday school every Sunday. They knew the word frontwards and backwards. And yet, when Jesus was right in front of them, they missed him. They missed him because they were focusing on the majors and not, or the minors. How's that, what's that saying? How's that, is that right? Majors and not the minors? Whatever, you guys get the point, right? They were focusing on the wrong thing, right? And so they just began to drift away. And maybe that's why Jesus told them that the one thing that mattered more than anything else in just a few sentences, Jesus sums up the whole law, the whole Old Testament. And he says, he says, the greatest command in Matthew chapter 22, he says, the greatest commandment is to love the Lord your God with all of your mind, all of your strength, and all of your soul. But there's a second part to this commandment. It's just as important. And that is, love your neighbor as yourself. So in two, two things, Jesus sums up all the law. He says, love the Lord your God and love your neighbor as yourself. You see, love matters. And this is why this is so important. This is why it's so important for us to kind of grasp the good news of the gospel. Because loving God matters. Loving yourself matters, man. If you, if you grasp the love of God and what he's done for you, that changes everything. That, that, that changes, you know, the self-hatred that we have for ourselves, the, 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 the disappointments that we have, the, the, the beating ourselves up all the time, feeling like, man, we just can't do this. That's where the gospel steps in and says, you know what, I love you no matter what. And that's where we get our identity from. That's where we get our, uh, our, our uh, encouragement from. And so whenever we grasp that and understand that God loves us and we're rooted in that, that in turn enables us to be able to love ourselves, Right? And then when we can love ourselves, we can then begin to love others, right? And see, see how it works out there, how it plays out. Love is a summary for the rest of the commandments. It's the foundation of how we should treat others. It's the blueprint for following our lives, and it's the reason Jesus came to sacrifice his life for us. So if love matters, the way that you love others matters too, especially the way that you love your kids. Now, ideally, the love that parents demonstrate for their kids uh, is, is, is very you know, the, the, if we compare God's unconditional love towards us, the, 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 the closest thing we have to that is the way that a parent loves a kid, right? I mean, we love our kids unconditionally. But, but, but God, you know, obviously surpasses that with his love for us. And what that means is, is that, uh, that the love for our kids doesn't get withdrawn when our children fail to succeed at any particular endeavor that they go through. It doesn't mean that, man, that, that we try to live our dreams uh, through our kids, that, that they, they don't have to be the star football player, they don't have to do this or that, they don't have to play this, you know, because we're living our, our, our dreams through our kids. And so what that means is, is when, they, when they fall short, our, our, our love, we don't withdraw our love for them. And that's hard sometimes, isn't it? Because we're, we're, we're fallen creatures, we're sinful, and sometimes it's easy for us to withdraw. Sometimes it's easy for us to compare our kids and so what we need to understand is, is that we need to love our kids regardless of whether or not uh, that we're, we're pleased with their behavior or if they got all A's or whether or not they're a star football player. We need to continually communicate to our kids that their worth and their value doesn't come from what they do or how well they perform, but it comes from the fact that they are created in God's image and that Jesus came and he died for their sins. That's what we need to com- continually communicate with them. So the way that you love kids while their kids can dramatically affect their futures. 
That's why we need more adults to step it up, man. That's why I love uh, our, our teenagers. That's why I love our, our volunteers. Man, we have like eight, right, eight adult volunteers, something like that. We have a lot of, we have a lot of adult volunteers that, that, are, that are just weekly, man, just involved in our teenagers' lives that are stepping up in small groups, man, that are speaking truth into their life and, and helping them understand that they are created in God's image. I love that. It's time for us to get serious about loving our children. Most research suggests that when it comes to love, the, young, the, the younger the recipient, the more powerful the impact. And you guys probably know this already, but there was a, a lady named Sue Gerhart. Gerhart. Uh, she's a British psycho- psychotherapist. And in her book, Why Love Matters, she explains that the brain systems that manage emotional responses are shaped by early events. To, basically what she says to sum it up, is, is the, earlier, the earliest you can love, you know, obviously when the newborn comes out, you want to begin loving that kid at that moment. That's when they're going to, their, their brain's going to develop the most. Just like with nutrition, you know, if kids don't get proper nutri- nutrition, then their brain doesn't develop, right? But, but the same way with love. If they don't receive that love and affection right away, uh, that, that's what helps them develop. That's what helps them grow. So love is like investing. The sooner you start paying in, the greater the return will be later. So if you want kids to grow up and know that they're worth it, then look for ways to prove it over time. I tell you, I heard this phrase uh, this past week, and, and, and it's so true. Uh, we, were, we were away this past week in West Virginia visiting my, my wife's family, the in-laws. And, um, and so it was a six-and-a-half-hour trip up to northern West Virginia. And, um, and, and, and this, this phrase popped in. It said, the days are long, the days are long, but the years are short. Isn't that true? Think about that. When you have kids, sometimes the days are long, right? It's like, man, is this day ever going to end? It's like, you're like, is it bedtime yet? You know what I mean? Like driving up to West Virginia, man, our, our youngest, he's not a good traveler, not like Jude, our oldest, was. And so, like, the last two hours of the trip, man, I'm wanting to drive our car off the mountain. I'm like, just shut up back there, you know? I scream. I'm not kidding. I'm just, just being honest, and that's the way it was. And so, um, and, and then, honestly, man, Jude is going through this stage, too. He's like four. I'm going to be five, five in August. And, and it was crazy. I was just talking with my, my, uh, my sister-in-law yesterday, who they also have a son who's going to be five in July. And it's just amazing, like, how fast the years go by, right? It's like, man, they're going to be five. I remember the day he was born. I remember it like it was yesterday. And yet he's going to be five in August. So, so the days are long, yes, but the years are short. And so Jude's going through this stage now, man, where he's like, I don't know. I don't know. It's just, is it normal? Like, Amanda Stanger, is, is it just, just where I don't know what's going on with him. Like, I want to, it's like, it's like, I feel like I'm constantly saying no to him. Don't do that. No, don't do this. Don't do that. And I feel guilty because I'm like, all he's hearing me say is no, no, no. You know, or I'm having to lay down discipline like every other day. You know, and this past week, man, it, it was getting crazy. I'm like, dude, what is going on? You know what I mean? And so... And so the point is that, that in those moments that we have to just realize how important it is for us to step in and, uh, and, and love our kids and, and when we want to kill them, you know what I mean? And, 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 and as Lynette was saying earlier, too, about using that time, investing that time, you know, we try to always, um, I always try to, because to, to, I'm constantly saying no, no, no. I'm always trying to, every time he does, even if it's something small, like he, he throws something in a trash can, I'm, I'm making an effort to say, good job, man, good job, way to go, because I'm constantly saying no, I want to say good things, right? But, 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 but create those times, man, in, in your home, uh, it doesn't matter when it is. For us, man, I always try to use the morning time. Uh, we always try to read 
a verse of scripture. Uh, my kid, he does a wanna. You guys know what a wanna is, right? And uh, so we always take that verse and we try to memorize that verse for that. We do the same verse every day for a week. And I try to unpack that for him. And so at breakfast time, uh, he's eating his waffles. And it's like, okay, this is what this verse says. Repeat it. And he repeats it. And it's like, well, this is what it means. And so we talk about that and then we pray. And then we also have a time at night, man, where we, we go to his room and, and we, uh, we sit on a bed. Myself and Robin, we both try to do it at the same time, or one of us will do it. And we, we read a book. Sometimes we read a Bible story. Uh, and then we pray. And we pray and we, we ask God to, we thank God for the day and we pray for other things. And so I just want to encourage you, man. Those are the times, man, to just disconnect from Facebook, disconnect from social media, disconnect from your phone, leave your phone in your pocket, leave it wherever, turn off the TV, but spend time with your kid. Don't, don't just shoo them off into the corner and, and, and let them do whatever they want to do, but actually uh, involve, be involved. And I wouldn't even encourage you guys that, that, don't, that maybe your kids are, are grown and gone or you don't have kids. Here at church, man, just make an effort to, to, to speak into their life. Just say, hey, man, uh, these guys up on stage, I mean, they, they, these, these guys are doing uh, amazing things for God, using their talents that God has given them. Encourage them. And you guys are doing a great job, man. Thank you for using your gift to make much of God. Thank you for that. It's the same thing, man. Speak, speak life into the, to your kids. Yeah. Yeah, there you go. All right. So, so if you want them to know that love is more, uh, to quote Tina Turner again here, okay? I'm going to end, start with Tina Turner, end with Tina Turner, right? The rest of that song, right, is, is uh, what's love got to do, got to do with it? What's love What's second-hand emotion? Right, right. So, so if you want your kids to know that love is more than just a second-hand emotion, they need someone in their lives who will give them that ava kind of love, that ava kind of love that says, man, I know that you're messed up. I know that life gets messy. I know that you, you do these, but I'm, I'm in it, man. I'm, I love you anyways. I love you regardless. I'm here. I'm here. I'm not going anywhere. That's what they need. All right? Let's pray. Father, we thank you for our kids. We thank you for our families. We thank you for uh, our parents who are just dedicating their kids this morning. And, Father, we just uh, thank you for this opportunity we've had to just kind of break open your word and uh, just to, to share uh, what your word has to say. And, Father, I just pray for these, these families. I pray, God, for all of our young people. Uh, God, I pray that, uh, that you will help us to just uh, be diligent and um, to just Give them time and love. God, to make that effort. God, to put aside our, our own selfish wants and needs. and God, that we would just be able to pour into them and to love them and to, to help them just be rooted in, in the gospel and their identity is in you. Father, I just pray for that. I pray, God, that you would just capture their hearts at such a young age. God, that they will just grow up and they, they will know how much you love them and that they will, God, that they will just give their life to you. I pray that for all of our young people. God, I pray for our parents. I pray that you would just give them courage and patience. God, that when times get tough, that when things are get, uh, they get down and discouraged, God, that, you, that you're, you're there, that you're with them, that, that they're not alone. God, give us the strength to get through it. Thank you for your grace and mercy. In Jesus' name, amen. I think we're going to sing a song here. And as we sing this song, uh, if you want to get your, I think we just have one family for first service. It's going to do the dedication.
They're going to bring the baby in, and, uh, and then after the, after the song, we'll do the dedication, right? You, you guys want me to sing up here with Tina? Uh, okay.